Hey guys, welcome back to Napalm Nanny in the Shack. I am your host, the one, the only Napalm Nanny. And the long-awaited guest segment is finally here. And this is where I invite other artists on and we explore their relationship with music. And the cherry on top, they pick the playlist for the episode. So for the very first episode, we have my good friend William, also known as Barbecue Bill. And to go with this episode, he wrote a wonderful piece, which you can find on my WordPress, where he explores what it's like to have live music in random people's backyards all throughout East Los Angeles. And without further ado, here's Napalm and Friends. ultimately Buffalo Bill or now known as Barbecue Bill because <laughs> Ivan has christened that name upon you. But you have some pretty deep roots as far as East LA and the underground scene of metal and punk in particular. How would one go about 
experiencing that kind of music scene back in the day, back when you were in high school? Mm, I guess so. Someone, someone probably would have had to tell you that this is going on or you have to discover it. Maybe like an older brother or friend. But I don't know. It's not really like something that's super out there. And you're like, okay, like I'm gonna, I want to go to this. Like it's kind of underground. Someone has to kind of introduce you to it. There is a little. There was a lot of gatekeeping, but I mean, yeah. I don't think gatekeeping's all bad. But someone has to introduce you and bring you in. I mean, you could just walk in, obviously. But unless you know it's going on, you would never think it's going on. <laughs> At least back in the day, I don't know how it is now. But someone does have to introduce you to like the scene to music it's not just you by yourself but it's also kind of weird because nobody wants to introduce you to something if you're new again there's a lot of gatekeeping so i don't know you just make friends you put yourself out there you make friends and your friends you know introduce you to cool stuff like you have to be you have to prove that you know you're a true person you can't just say hey come check this out finding these flyers it was almost like finding a golden ticket where yeah you know you could have your favorite bands promote certain shows but then there's a couple of them where you just miss where they're just subculture like very obscure and it's especially i always found it as a compliment when i would walk out of school and someone would hand me a random flyer that they printed out and it had an address it had the lineup and i was like cool i'm there you know like thinking back on it it was dangerous don't get me wrong but for me for for the sake of live music i was there like i would save my lunch money and i would go because like i said this was the golden ticket yeah because the person handing out flyers is controlling you know that's like the first person in the in the gate that's like holding back who comes and who doesn't yeah and then sometimes you wouldn't even get the flyer a lot of times a lot of times like just hear it through the grapevine and then we didn't like sometimes we had people show up and be like hey we just heard there was gonna be a gig here and yeah like, yeah and then they'd be like yeah we drove all the way from riverside man and i'm like you guys drove from riverside just because like just because you heard something was happening here and he's like yeah it's fucking boring there it's interesting because i do want to say a lot of the music was concentrated in south la and in east la like you really didn't find much punk or ska outside of that and metal on no. top of that, you know like for yourself
you did write a bit where having a live band inside the house, but that was never the case. Oh, yeah, yeah. So in movies, every movie you see, it's like, oh, we're going to have a party. Like, at least at the time, all the teenage movies, like American Pie or um, Not Another Teen Movie, stuff like that, they were always inside the house, which I didn't get. Like, how, what do you mean you're having random people in your house? Like, you're going to get robbed. Like, even here, people would get robbed and it was outside. Like, people would take lawn furniture, people would take just like stuff you would leave around the house, or they would try to break into your garage. So, I'm like, why, why is stuff, why are they allowing people in their house? So, it was always outside. Like, you couldn't even use the restroom. Yeah, that was the case for me as a woman. You know, everyone's like, oh, you know, only ladies are allowed to use a restroom. But I've been to shows where even women were not even allowed to use a restroom. Thing is, like, we did let use girls use a restroom a few times. But, like, by the fourth girl, it was trashed. And we were like, that's it. So it's not a man or woman issue. Like, men and women trash the bathroom at equal rates. So then it's interesting that you say that because in that case, despite how disgusting we've all proven that we could be to one another, we still have this yearning to gather, but to create this community around music. Yeah, yeah. I mean, even if you hate people or, you know, love people, you still want to go and just see what the shit is. So you used to play in a band as well. You used to play drums for a metal band. Mm -hmm. And you're very familiar and intimate with the process of having to throw a show. And it's no easy feat. So you think it's easy. (laughs) You think it's easy, but it's not. I thought it was just like you just you just invite people and they show up and that's it. You invite bands and they know what to do. But no, it's it's a little harder than that. Well, care to give a quick rundown of what high school William would have to do? I mean, you have to play. You have to like print out the flyers. You have to get the bands, and then like some of the bands would just not like each other. Some of the bands girlfriends might not like each other but you have to like deal with like personalities and then say okay so and so is going on first or so and so is going to go on last or whatever yeah it got rough so you couldn't just like say okay everything's good i'm just gonna go to the back and drink now (laughs) you're a promoter no matter what no it's definitely a lot of work and it's a lot of work that as teenagers a lot of it was chalked up to like oh you're just hooligans you know throwing like a get together with booze But that's not the case. There's a lot of forethought that comes into this. You know, like you said, it's a lot of organizing bands and realizing that there's a lot of egos that come into play on top of that. You have to know how to manage people. You have to be business savvy. You also have to be semi-artistic. There's a lot of factors that would come into play in order to throw a successful show. Because there's been a couple of shows where I had gone to when I was younger, backyard shows, where it was an amazing time. Like everyone respected the place, you know, no one was throwing fists or no one was like throwing bottles. It was, people were there to enjoy the music. But then I've been to other shows where it was so poorly planned that the parents were really shocked that people were showing up. The cops were called early on on top of that. It's a lot more work than people give credit to, to high schoolers. I I mean, it's something too insane or special. Like it just, it's just something you have to do to like have fun. You're just going based off what you were told or what you would see.
So then I'm curious, okay, seeing that throwing the show was a lot more work than you realized, you threw more than one show, right? Or you participated in throwing more than one show. Yeah. What made you yeah, go back despite the headache? I mean, because like uh, good things did happen at each, you know, every single show, almost also every single show. So you kind of just wanted to do it again and again because they were fun. Yeah, I mean, sketchy sketchy stuff did happen, but I don't know. You just deal with it. It, it happens. Well, what's one of the sketchiest moments that happened to you or around you or around at a show? Probably just a shooting. Oh, only yeah, that's fine. <laughs> I, I mean, it's like it happens. It's because you, you just move on. I, I've said this story before. Uh, I'll, I'll share it again. I was at a warehouse show in East L.A. and I was next to the guy who was holding the bloody knife. I kept saying, it's like, oh no, it's fine. That guy was my homie. He, like, I had to stab him. And I was standing there and I was processing the entire thing. And I was like, this is what we do to our friends? Like, holy hell, man. Like, I don't want to see what you do to people that you don't like. And then we all just like left the guy to bleed out on the sidewalk. Like no one really helped him except for a mutual friend of ours, Daniel. Yeah, I mean, most of those like shooting stabbings it's like it was it was like it happened because of like somebody had beef with each other mm-hmm. or you know they, they said the wrong thing and it's like i don't know it's like you if you mess with the wrong person you're gonna get that but then despite this level of danger that we willingly walk into because at a young age all we want to do is hang out with our friends we want to drink and we want live music That was a goal for me, at least. I wanted good music, I wanted good company, and I wanted good booze. And I think that's something that always drove me personally into going and finding another show the next weekend. Como una maldición El pasado ha 